Hello and welcome back to OT Talk with Mr. T. I'm your host, Mr. T. Welcome to the show where we talk how to live occupationally and how to engage children and adults while incorporating necessary fine motor skills and functional life skills. Questions, comments, suggestions are always welcome at MaximumTEE at Yahoo.com. Happy OT Month, everybody. Reminder. Very, 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 very soon, very soon, God willing, we're going to be taking a brief hiatus, and then, God willing, Blinder will come back and finish off this season, hopefully getting through school therapy tips, and then we're going to take a real summer hiatus, Blinder and Mir Tashem, and come back with the start of the school year and talk more school therapy tips and hopefully even more school therapy tips. So stick with us, and hopefully this helps you spread word about this. And don't forget, happy OT month in April. Let's talk today with the help of YourTherapySource.com, tips to help students to cross midline, practice crossing midline, as well as to help students with motor planning deficits. YourTherapy.com, wonderful website. Let's see how we could try to help with these two topics. So the first one is called Five Ways to Practice Crossing Midline. There are five fun ways to encourage crossing the midline. You know, the midpoint of the body, it's very good for the right arm to get to the left side, left arm to get to the right side, getting the whole body involved in different activities so kids can dissociate and differentiate between the two sides of the body and also learn how to work on opposite sides of the body. So here's some five fun ways to encourage crossing that midline in the mid-center of the body. Hit a ball holding a bat with two hands. Put a ball on a tree or on a T, actually. Put the ball on the T or hang one from the ceiling. So hang it from a tree, too. Practice hitting the ball, always making sure both hands stay on the bat. I'm not sure what the game is called. Maybe it's called tetherball, when you have a pole into the ground and a ball is on a string hanging from the ball, and the ball goes round and round and round. I think it's called tetherball. Also another fun way to do that, crossing the midline, especially if you're going back and forth, hitting the ball back and forth fun to do that you could also play the game like keep it up where you could do that with the ball or you could do that with the balloon especially if you're going to uh, hitting it to the left side or to the right side using your right side of your body or your left side of your body getting the whole body involved going side to side you could do that too you could also play different games with don't hit the lava don't touch the lava especially with keeping a ball in the air or throwing a ball or catching it side to side twisting around don't hit the lava is like when you can't touch the floor, going from pillow to pillow on the floor or from surface to surface. Many different ways to do the midline idea, just giving a few ideas thanks to yourtherapysource.com. You could also play clapping games. Girls in particular love to play clapping games. Teach children Miss Mary Mac. Not sure how that song goes, but apparently a very famous song. Or check out YouTube to learn new hand claps. You could also make big art projects. Tape a square box to the floor. Have the child stand it in front of the whiteboard or chalkboard. Try making the biggest rainbow that you can, but do not move your feet. Going side to side. Snap a photo when done to save a picture of the big art. You could also have them draw a huge arrow going from right all the way up to the left, diagonally from the bottom to the top, from the bottom right to the top left. Make a big arrow going from the bottom left to the top right, getting the kids to cross the midline, getting them to move that body forward and back, side to side, in order for them to be involved in that. So you could do that. It could be a rainbow. It could be an arrow. Anything that you could get, you could have them do these different lines, squiggly, zigzags. Use the dry erase board. Use the blackboard. Use the chalkboard. Use a smart board. Get them to stand and do it because that's good to work against gravity. We've talked many times about this. Sitting on a surface at the table... 
when you're working with gravity is very different than when you have the kids to stand and fight gravity or working against gravity. So get them to do that. You could also dig in the dirt or the sand. Have the child sit down, kneel or squat. Make sure to clean them up before you come in the house. You don't drag any of that stuff with you. Place a bucket on one side of the child and the shovel on the other side. This way you're going to encourage them to twist side to side and go from one side to the other. Also twist and shout. Very famous old school song. If you get the kids to follow along and sing along, to play along, dance along, would also get them to do some midline. Here in the dirt or the sand, you could also have the child dig and then rotate to place the dirt in the bucket. Do not let the child switch hands with the shovel when going to put the dirt in the bucket. This way it really allows them to get that midline action. And then you could play Simon Says. Use instructions and movements such as put your right hand on your left shoulder, or touch your left knee with your right hand, all getting those midline activities involved. Let's talk a little bit about some tips for motor planning deficits. There are five tips for students with motor planning deficits, again with the help of yourtherapysource.com. For example, take a tour. It can be difficult for children with motor planning issues to adapt to a classroom, hallways, or obstacles. Make sure the student feels comfortable in the environment by allowing him or her ample time to explore the room by moving through the room. Walk around the desks and chairs, sit down and stand up in the classroom chair and walk to the teacher's desk or exit. By practicing these activities, preferably with no one in the classroom to start, it helps the student to develop a motor map of the area, allows the student to avoid the obstacles in the room and to navigate the room and to move around the room and transverse the area in the room. Try to do the same with walking to the cafeteria, gym, and other rooms, and also in the house, especially if there's a lot of furniture around. See if a kid by himself or herself in the room without anyone helping them can navigate the room, transverse the room without bumping into obstacles and allow them to get command of the room, especially for all floors of the house, for all rooms in the house. You could also use the same supplies each day. Many classrooms share supplies but it may help the student to generate automatic motor plans quicker by using the same school supplies every time. For example, if you change the pencil, for example, short, long, sharp, dull, etc., you need a different motor plan. If you change the brand of scissors, you may need a new motor plan. So use the same supplies each day. A lot of times in my own therapy room, with my own students, I'll leave the same supplies up every day. They're used to the scissors I use. I always use the same scissors, same types of crayons, and little by little, I'll introduce different types of things, but it's always the same dry erase markers and the same dry erase board and the same type of different colored paper. And now we just introduce a few different types of twistable color pencils, which are fantastic, highly recommended, very cool, no need to sharpen them, and different supplies. But if you use the same supplies and they get used to it every day, then they won't need a new motor plan and they could learn how to do it. Use sign and, signs and cues. If the student needs visual cues to assist with motor planning, hang up signs to indicate different areas of the classroom or school. And of course, you could do this in the home also. You could have the student follow red dots on the floor to the exit door. This will provide an extra visual cue to assist the student in formulating motor plans. Perhaps put a checklist on the student's desk for what steps they need to take to pack up their things at the end of the day. These visual cues help the student to complete the skill independently without having to ask for help. Functional, independent, 
what we like to see for students. A lot of classrooms in general have visual cues very good for kids to see what's going on throughout the day. If they see first is music, then is is art, then is gym, then is science, then is social studies, they don't have to panic, they don't have to get anxiety about what's coming next. It's on the wall all day. They see it. And instead of waiting for what comes next, they see what comes next. And it doesn't have to be just for little, little kids. Even older kids can be able to see what's going on next. And you can make it look more appropriate for the age that could use such a thing. Visual cues, very helpful. Keep it the same. Keep the the setup of the classroom the same so that the student is prepared for what objects they need to move around in order to negotiate the classroom. If you have the nesting instinct in your own classroom and you change the classroom every day, very hard for a kid with motor planning difficulties to understand the classroom, negotiate the classroom, but you keep it the same every day throughout the year, they'll get it very quickly or much faster than they would have if you keep changing things around. Break large tasks into small tasks. Children with motor planning issues benefit from breaking down large tasks into smaller chunks. For example, instead of completing an entire project in one night, spread it out across several nights to complete it. Again, with tasks in the home, spread it out so they could complete it, not all at once. Due to new stressors during during back to school or after a vacation, even children who have made great progress in their abilities to formulate motor plans may need to use this technique. Don't make them do everything at once. Break it down. Join us next time, God willing, as we talk about tips to help children follow motor commands and tips to develop spatial awareness whenever next time is, God willing, hopefully soon. And I'm your host, Mr. T.